Hey folks, Jeff Salzman here. Welcome to the Daily Evolver on Friday, February 9th, 2018. And today I want to continue on our theme of looking at traditionalism. And um, last podcast, I did some theory around traditionalism and tried to give it, reveal some of the deep structures and how it comes online, both in terms of human history uh, and in terms of our own individual history. And, um, and so today, I want to continue talking about that. And, um, and I am going to share with you a talk that I did earlier this week with Steve Harper, uh, and I'm a guest on his podcast quite a bit, and today he's going to be a guest on mine. His podcast is uh, What's Your Theory? Uh, Steve is a science fiction writer and a, an integral enthusiast, and he's kind of new to it, but he gets it, and he's a great sort of conversation, great student in a way, because he represents a lot of what people sort of struggle with as they uh, wrap their heads and hearts around this whole thing. Um, so anyway, he wanted to talk about traditionalism, and he also wants to talk about uh, modernity and postmodernity, and really get these three big worldviews that are really involved in our culture war, uh, to, you know, get a feel for them. So that's what we talked about. So I'm going to share that with you, <clears throat> and it's about an hour long. We talked quite a while. He had uh, put some video together uh, of. Um, uh, the uh, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington with Jimmy Stewart, which is a big traditional download from Frank Capra movie. And, um, and also Jordan Peterson, who is an up and coming uh, public intellectual who's getting all kinds of attention. And a lot of people in the integral world really appreciate him. And I do too. Um, and I'm going to talk more about him uh, in the next week or so. I just got his new book, The 12 Rules of life, 12, or 12 rules for life. Anyway, so he makes an appearance. And uh, so without any further ado, I will uh, turn us to Steve Harper and me uh, in his podcast, uh, What's Your Theory? Share a screen. Now, my idea, as you know, has long been trying to guide the planet Earth towards the Star Trek future and away from the planet of the apes future. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it's simple. That's my brand proposition, Jeff. <laughs> um, uh, so I feel like, and one of the reasons why I've always liked talking to you, this theory that you are a proponent of seems like a roadmap to get there. <laughs> I would like to focus on what Jeff often calls the gold of each one of these levels. So if you're looking at this chart, which you could see more clearly on, on uh, the What's Your Theory website, but if you can see it on this screen, as human beings pass through these levels of consciousness, 
they take with them, they integrate with them the best parts of what came before. And in order to do that, as Jeff and I have discussed many times, they often go to war with each other as something new is emerging, right? So in this case, the traditional mindset is the one that's been online for the most time. You can see here it's been online for 5,000 years. It is ethno or nation centric. It values rules. It values roles and discipline. Faith in a transcendent God or order. It's socially conservative and it's been around for 5,000 years, competing right now with the modern and the postmodern mindsets. And all three of them seem to despise each other, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> we're going to talk about that today. Uh, I put together a video. Um, I don't, I don't want to launch straight into the video without, without saying hi to Jeff, who's dutifully waiting for me to stop talking. I'm sorry. Um, Jeff, knowing what we're going to be talking about before I play this video, because I want you to see the video and we'll comment on it in real time. Can you add anything to what I said? Or did I say anything yeah. early? Well, just um, that the nature of the evolution of culture and consciousness, and we can see these moves happen both in the culture, that is the collective uh, cultures move from sort of tribal, then they move to this traditional, and traditional's progress over the earlier stage. And then the modern stage comes online, if it does, there's countries in this world and cultures that are still in traditional center of gravity. And then modern comes on, will be next. And then postmodern comes online. And do they despise each other? Yes, uh, more or less. Uh, they uh, compete, definitely. They don't get each other. They're all operating with different antenna and different mm. ways of thinking, different world spaces. They literally live in different worlds. Yeah. Uh, and well, integral uh, is a, sort of a self-conscious move to integrate the best of the three, even though they're not willing to do that for each other. Okay. So that's, that's, I guess, what I'd say to just sort of orient my view into the... Okay. So what I would like to, to talk about is bringing the best parts of each one forward. And I feel, based on just what you were just talking about there, the problem... Um, there is a problem with the not being able to hear each other obviously like that's that's maybe the center of the problem and in making this video which I, I i i put some joseph campbell in it some frank capra and uh jordan peterson who is the new sort of it person for um conservatives like what what we call today's version of political conservative but i think that what jordan peterson is really is I think he brings to bear a lot of that gold of traditional values. Uh, and the reason why I pair him with Joseph Campbell and Frank Capra is in looking at this chart, I see something in, in, these, in the traditional mindset that Peterson espouses and also that, that Capra espouses really, um, a piece of gold that they took from what you're calling here on the chart, the indigenous level which is to see the world as enchanted. I think that this is vastly important, as you know, you've know from talking to me. I, 
I'm very much interested in mythology. I'm a professional storyteller. I think that that is the gold that gets lost, that that needs to be brought forward and frankly needs to be remembered by traditionalists because this is what I was talking about, this fight that they're, that we're all having these three levels that are engaged in this warfare. I feel, I, I feel, I fear a little bit that people who are at the traditional level in fighting this war sometimes forget what their own gold is. And I believe it has to do with seeing the world as an enchanted place. And I also feel that people who can see that world that way, something that traditional people have that sometimes modern and postmodern don't, or at least it's not really part of their thing. I suppose they could, uh, is love of a good story. Traditionalists, you know, like when you think about the idea of sitting around the campfire and, you know, the, the oral tradition of, the, of, of your people and all of that stuff, they love a good story. Mm-hmm. And through storytelling, a lot of this stuff is, is carried down. Yeah. Uh, so, oh, go, go ahead, Jeff. Well, I was just going to say that uh, just a couple of thoughts on what you just said. Um, that's absolutely true. And we, we refer to the traditional stage sometimes as the mythic stage. It's yes. grand stories, the great stories, the great unifying stories. Uh, but all of the previous stages live in a magical world. Uh, uh, so traditional is the last stage to live in an enchanted world. And then modernity's job is to wring all of that out of the system and really to disenchant the world. And, and, and it, it, there's a new story. It's science. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, all of these myths and all of the magic and potions and all of the stuff that is just the currency of these earlier stages, it's astonishing, but it goes away. And that's how one stage marginalizes um, what happened in the previous stage. We do that ourselves as we, we go to, you know, we, I grew up a good little Christian boy and then I went to school and learned about the scientific view. And it's like, I didn't want that religion anymore. Mm-hmm. And I left it for a couple of decades. Uh, but, uh, but that's the integral project is to see, okay, modernity is going to marginalize that and, and throw that out. Uh, post-modernity starts playing with it a little bit, you mm-hmm. know, and it will start dancing in the woods again. Uh, but it's not till integral that we actually see that we are in an enchanted world. And there's a, it's lifted by the uh, sort of the uh, updraft of emergence. That we are. Science act, actually, and science is the, the, the mode that gives us that story. It tells us about the Big Bang. It shows us evolution, uh, even though they see it as a soulless process. Uh, we re we reintegrate the soul and spirit uh, mm-hmm. and integral and hallelujah. You know. Okay, beautiful, good, because that was definitely something that I wanted to 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 get at. Is as as modern is ringing the magical out of out of uh, our conversation. We can't lose fact lose sight of the fact that they. I don't know if I should say probably or definitely or wrong. <laughs> it's a mistake. Well, no, it, 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 it's, it's, it's appropriate for exactly. its time. Yeah. But the thing is. We needed to ring the superstition, if you will, that we, the, the sort of brutal side of magic, which is very brutal, as, as is myth. I mean, if you're yeah. outside the myth, it ain't pretty. 
Right. Uh, if you're, or if your cast is the bad guy or the evil. I just, I think th- this is an important point of, of the whole integral thing that I think is a little bit confusing. It's even in talking with you in the past, it's confused me before because it, the reason is because you're so versed in all of, all of the different levels that you talk about them when you're talking about each one of them, you, you sort of embody their point of view. And one thing that I think is important for those listening is it's that point of view is important while it's happening for development, but it doesn't mean that everything that it's saying is in some way correct or not, not um, uh, of its time, you know, specific to, of it, to its time. It makes sense for that time, but it's de-emphasizing things that are still true and can come back. But what you're saying is it's de-emphasizing them for a reason but that reason is temporal and, and yeah. the importance of it is temporary. Yeah. And the, and the way to move forward after you, you, you install traditional values and discipline and you can sit down and shut up and you can be part of a group and you can be civilized. Yes. That gets boring after a while. And, and, and then we move into the, or it doesn't, you know, for some people that's where they want to live their whole life. For some cultures are still there as we said, but for, the, and, this, and why some develop and some don't is a great mystery, but it's mm-hmm. true. Uh, you move into modernity where you want to, you know, it's like Voltaire, the famous quote, remember the cruelties, you know, Voltaire yeah. is a great modernist uh, philosopher. And, and you want to drop all of that baggage, all the myth. And you want to see that the world is understandable on its own terms, that I can use logic and I can experiment and I can see cause and effect. And it's the scientific worldview. And at that point, you don't want anything to do with magic. I mean, you you shouldn't actually. Losing your religion is progress at that stage. Right. Uh, So that you can see this other way of seeing reality, the scientific yeah. way. And, and then once you get that, that becomes, it's like Peggy Lee. It's like, is that all there is? Mm-hmm. You know, we're just on a rock hurtling through space and there's no free will and there's no interiority. And, and yeah, it's, that's, that, modern, that's what it is. And then we start reintegrating some of what we left behind, but we don't want to reintegrate the superstition and, and we want to reintegrate the real magic that, the the, the and we want to feel into the great myths again, mm-hmm. but as art forms, as great stories, not literal in the way that they were before appropriately. Sure. 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 You know, little kids need to believe in things literally and that's <clears throat> part of development. Uh, and yeah. then at some point we can believe in, it's like, you know, anyway. Well, so, I mean, from my point of view, uh, again, as just a storyteller and I write, sort of big myth type stories that are largely the, the driving force in them is reincarnation. It's like a, it's a sort of a twist on how reincarnation works. And one thing that I feel like I've learned from writing them, from embodying the characters that have to go through multiple lifetimes and things like that is you said it's a mystery, you know, why people would want to be at one level or another. And it is a mystery, obviously, but, but an insight I feel like I, I feel into that is life is very short, but existence is very long. The existence of a conscious being transcends one life. So the reason why people would be very happy with where they are is that's what they're doing. 
that's what they came here to do at that time. The lessons to be learned are learned by being like that, by being surrounded by the people that you're surrounded with, by having the obstacles that you have to overcome and the, you know, the joys that come to you. All of those things are things that you didn't have the last time you came through. Absolutely. No, evolution uh, in that way, um, it, it makes more sense when we have some sense of identity that precedes this life mm-hmm. and that survives this life. Yeah. And that there's a Jeff that came in and there's a Jeff that's going out and I don't know how that all works. Yeah. Uh, uh, and that there is a deeply personal um, dimension to the cosmos too. Uh, that um, it, science doesn't want to talk about, or you know, that's, nor should they. That's not what yeah, they're they shouldn't. Doing. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. So I want to play this video. I think. I hope it works. Uh, I just put this together. I think we can cool. talk over it if you want, but you haven't seen it yet. So no, I'm eager to. It's. Uh, I think I just said this at the beginning, but it's a little Joseph Campbell. It's uh, mostly Frank Capra, and it's some Jordan Peterson, who I think is is an interesting uh, person who's sort of happening right now. Yeah, indeed. I, I think he's bringing some interesting things to the table. Uh, all right, see what this looks like. These bits of information from ancient times, which have to do with the themes that have supported man's life, built civilizations, informed religions over the millennia, have to do with deep inner problems, inner mysteries, inner uh, thresholds of passage. And if you don't know what the guide signs are along the way, you have to work it out yourself. But once this catches you, there is always such a feeling from one or another of these traditions of information of a deep, rich, life-vivifying sort that you, you want to give it up. So myths are stories of, of the search by men and women through the ages for meaning, through her eyes if you really want to see something. And you won't just see scenery. You'll see the whole parade of what man's carved out for himself after centuries of fighting. And fighting for something better than just jungle. And so he can stand on his own two feet, free and decent, like he was created. No matter what his race, color, or creed. That's what you see. There's no place out there for graft, or greed, or lies, or compromise with human liberties. And if that's what the grown-ups have done with this world that was given to them, then we better get those boys camps started fast and see what the kids can do. And it's not too late, because this country is bigger than the tailors, or you, or me, or anything else. Great principles don't get lost once they come to light. They're right here. You just have to see them again. Well, and that's the other thing, too, is I think the world the world is full of darkness, let's say. And we could say each of us have a little bit of light. And if it, we release that light, if we let it shine properly, Christ, it's too cliched to go on with in some sense. But the world is a lesser place if you do not reveal 
from within yourself what you have to reveal. And the fact that the world is a lesser place actually turns out not to be trivial. Like if you aren't everything you could be, more people will die. More people will suffer. More evil will be unconstrained. More tyranny will reign. More chaos will remain chaotic and dangerous. All of that. Do you mean this by this in the sense of like the old proverb of the wings of a butterfly fluttering become a hurricane? It's, it's, it's something similar to that, but it can even be more local. It's like your family is more messed up than it could be if you were less messed up than you are. Right. So if you just got your act together, like 10% more, your family would be 1% better. Right. It's like, well, do it. And that would ripple off into that, the oh, people uh, that they uh, inter yes. interact yes. with. Yes, and, and, ripple, and it ripples fast. Yes. That's the other thing that's so cool is that like people think, well, there's 7 billion of us. And each of us is just this separate dust moat, like floating in the cosmos. And what the hell difference does it make what you do anyways? It's like, that is not how we're connected. It's like, you're the center of a network. And you know, well, you know way more people than this. But let's say typically, you know, a thousand, you're going to know a thousand people in your life well enough to have an impact on them. Okay. And each of those thousand people is going to know a thousand people. So you're one step from a million and two steps from a billion and we are networked, technically. That, that's how human interactions work. And so when you do something that you shouldn't do, it's worse than you think. And when you do something that you should do, it's better than you think. And so you think, well, I guess this is just... Okay, that's about halfway through this video. I think maybe we should stop and talk about it a little bit. Uh, are you hearing it okay? Yeah. Uh, and it's yeah, beautiful, uh, Stephen. I mean, I... I um... I'm very inspired by that. I hope uh, anybody who is listening to that is. Yeah. And that is that those that's some gold from traditionalism right there. Yeah. Well, you know what? Then let's let's keep it going. So he just said I'll just rewind it a couple seconds. Something that you should do, it's better than you think. And so you think, well, I guess this is just another lost cause, Mr. Payne. Maybe you've not seen this film, right? I haven't, but uh, I sure so, know about it. And boy, I, I'm loving it. Oh, yeah. It's, this it's, is Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, of course. Yes. And, Stewart. and again, and Frank Capra. So again, Capra. if you are a regular uh, subscriber to this podcast, you know, Jeff and I watched It's a Wonderful Life. This is another great Frank Capra film. I should probably maybe tell everybody just what it's about. Jimmy Stewart becomes a senator because uh, someone died. I think his father died. And they have like, you can appoint someone to the seat. So he's appointed to the seat. And he is, his father was close friends with uh, Claude Rains, who I think we just saw the other senator. And Jimmy Stewart looks up to both of them. They're wonderful men. Uh, and he has this idea of he wants to he wanted to do this bill that started like these boys camps to you know help boys to a better life kind of a thing and in doing it he stumbled across this very common thing in in politics this tremendous piece of graft that was going on where this large uh mr taylor is who he's talking about this very powerful man back in his home state um wanted the land for another reason and he's paying off people left and right and he runs the newspapers and he's, you know, he's basically like sort of a Howard Hughes type character. And Stewart has discovered that uh, without going into all the details of the movie, he winds up like he's trying to expose graft as if this very naive 
new senator, right, who's um, he winds up doing a filibuster where he's been talking for like 24 hours straight trying to get this message out. And at this point in the movie, which is toward the end, he's discovered that Claude Rains is has betrayed him and betrayed everything that Claude Rains used to stand for is what he's about to talk about now. And at some point through the movie, as the story goes along, the youth, the, all the boys uh, and girls of his state and families are rallying behind him to get the truth out about this situation. And uh, Mr. Taylor crushes it by ramping up his, his information machine telling lies about Jimmy Stewart saying that he's this horrible person and we got to get him out of office and, and all of the constituents are rallying behind all the adults basically are like, yeah, hey, we got to get this son of a bitch out of the swamp. Yeah. Yeah. Jimmy Stewart is the swamp. Exactly. And, uh, Claude Rains delivers this speech about how Jimmy Stewart is the swamp and represents everything that's wrong with everyone. And he's corrupt and he should be in jail. A horrible, oh. horrible, painful to watch. Right. <laughs> and, and at the end, uh, the last ditch effort with all the, 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 the scouts, all the boys um, are running their own newspapers out. And it's, it's this wonderful thing that they're all trying to spread the message that, that, you know, Jeff is all right. You know, Jeff Smith is his name. Um, but it takes a dark turn as the forces of darkness crush that too. And they start hurting people. There's, they show like, you know, people running the kids' cars off the road. Children are being injured. This ain't going to happen. There is no Mr. Smith. This is bullshit. Mr. Taylor runs DC and people like him. That's how this works. So forget it. It's not going to happen. And people get hurt, you know. And at this point, he realizes that that's happened. And then there was a big dramatic moment that you'll see just so you'll see what, what, what they're referring to. Uh, Claude Rains has all of these letters shipped in, in baskets. And it looks kind of like uh, all the letters that come in on uh, miracle on 34th street. When it's all the letters to Santa Claus that prove Santa Claus is right. It's like, Oh, the letters are here. Now everyone's going to back him up. And you look at the letters and every single one of them says, Jefferson Smith is a con man. He's the worst scum in the world get him out stop the filibuster we the citizens of his home state do not stand behind totally heartbreaking uh and that's where we are right now and again i'm going to just back that up just so you can hear the end of what jordan peterson says leading into this from a billion and we are networked technically that that's how human interactions work and so when you do something that you shouldn't do it's worse than you think and when you do something that you should do, it's better than you think. And you think, well, I guess this is just another lost cause, Mr. Payne. All you people don't know about lost causes. Mr. Payne does. He said once they were the only causes worth fighting for. And he fought for them once. For the only reason any man ever fights for them. Because of just one plain simple rule. Love thy neighbor. 
and in this world today full of hatred, a man who knows that one rule has a great trust. You know that rule, Mr. Payne. And I loved you for it just as my father did. And you know that you fight for the lost causes harder than for any others. Yes, you even die for them. Like a man we both know, Mr. Payne. You think I'm late. You all think I'm late. Well, I'm not late. And I'm going to stay right here and fight for this lost cause. Even if this room gets filled with lies like these. And the tailors and all their armies come marching into this place. Somebody will listen to me. When you do something that you shouldn't do, it's worse than you think. And when you do something that you should do, it's better than you think. And so you think, well, this is why I've been telling people, well, clean up your room. It's like, well, your room is actually networked too. It's not that easy to clean up your room, to set it. So you want your room to be set up so that when you walk in there, it tells you to be better than you generally are. It's organized. It's got direction. Everything's in its place. You try to do that in a chaotic household. You know, I've watched people do this because I, I had students do these sorts of things as assignments. I'd say, look, pick a small moral goal, clean up your room, and just write down what happens as a consequence. So maybe these are students in a chaotic household. The whole place is a bloody mess. No one's taking any responsibility for anything. And so they decide they're going to start to clean up their room. And then the people in the household notice. Well, the first thing they do is get pissed off. It's like, who do you think you are? Like, you think you're better than us? You, like, why do you think this is worthwhile? Who made, who died and made you God? All of that. So just by trying to organize this little part of their life, they immediately run into the people whose actions they're casting in a dim light by trying to improve themselves to some degree. They might have to have like a thorough war in their household to be allowed to do something as simple as keep the room orderly. They find out very rapidly that A, that's way more difficult than it sounds, and B, that the consequences of it are far more far-reaching than people think. So that's quite fun. You know, because maybe part of it is, is that like everything around you is full of potential. Everything. Maybe more potential than you could ever possibly utilize. And so maybe all you have is this little rat hole of a room in some rundown place in the world. It's like, fix it up. There's more there than you think. See what happens if you fix it up. And you'll fix yourself up simultaneously because you have to get disciplined in order to fix up the room. And then you have a fixed up room and you'll be a more fixed up person. It's like, you think that nothing will happen as a consequence of that? It's like all hell will break loose as a consequence of that. So all hell breaking loose. That was a very dark moment in that movie. That was a gunshot. 
as Claude Rains tried to kill himself in the cloakroom. He shot twice and the other people stopped him from doing it. But so there's an example of, uh, you know, Jimmy Stewart trying to clean up his room and, and trying to do some little good thing in the middle of the way everything works in the middle of the machine or the swamp, if you will. Mm -hmm. And as Peterson said, all hell breaks loose, you know, and, no, it's it's beautiful. It's so it really well. Uh, I love what you picked there because it really so does uh, transmit this um, this realization of traditionalism, where you are literally trying to civilize the chaos. That that's true historically, because uh, the red stage is is just might is right. It's chaotic all around. Uh, and also in our own personal lives, uh, we, we have to civilize ourselves into chaos. And we do that through discipline and order mm. and, um, uh, and, 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 and following what is right. I mean, the, 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 um, the, the, the message of that movie uh, is, you know, that's just uh, it, it, what Claude Rains is representing is, is actually the swamp. It's, it's mm -hmm. the, you know, the, the corruption and the whole system. And for him to, to touch back into that original inspiration that took him there and that he was a soldier who fought for right. Right. Uh, that's uh, just rings all those traditional chimes. You know, I'm, I'm glad I had slightly tinted glasses, you know, uh, because watching that movie, I was, you know, going to be, I had to be careful. I wasn't going to start blubbering. I mean, <laughs> so Capra is so skillful yeah. at, at tugging at those heartstrings and, yeah. and hallelujah again, you know, that's, we want that. Yeah. We want well, that. And he's it's inspiring. And, and, and what Jordan Peterson's talking about with, you know, bringing order to chaos. And that's one of his big things. And that's why he's, and I totally agree with you that he is doing great work in terms of civilizing these, uh, especially young men mm -hmm. who haven't gotten the memo about, you know, so they could stay, you know, with video games and marijuana and hanging out in their parents' basement and, 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 and not getting their shit together and not being a good partner for women and um, and that's his message. And uh, there's a whole population of people who he's helping. Yeah. You know, well, and, bring, and bringing them out of chaos yeah. and not noticing that when you do that, and I love this analogy about your little rat hole of a room, fix mm. it up, you know, get it together, bring order to chaos and all hell breaks loose. You know, that's literally, that's so traditionalist. Yeah, I mean, the idea when he said, like, in order to do that, it sounds like a little thing, but you better be ready to fight. Yeah, and, and, and you're going to traditionalist room. <laughs> yes, yeah, and for a traditionalist, just cosmically, the whole cosmos is a battle between good and evil. That's 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 a new thing that traditional yeah. brings to the to the realization, and and so you actually every time you do that, you're actually fighting the good fight. It's mm -hmm. inspiring. There's a, there's, there's a truth uh, to that, a capital T truth that we want to reintegrate. Uh, and it's, you know, it's, it, it, you know, the, 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 the great myths uh, go, going back to Joseph Campbell. Um, 
you know, they bring forth that great truth. There is a great mythic truth that we are all, you know, to use Joseph Campbell's great, you know, sort of monomyth, mm-hmm. the, 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 the myth that's true of all myths, is that we are heroes in our own story. Right. And that we are here to be heroic. We're here to grow and to challenge and to fight and to love and to listen. And, uh, and that is, uh, that's the truth that is the capital T truth that is greater than the accuracy of any of the particular myths in terms of their particulars. Interesting talking about it in the forms of a, of a story because there's another word, character. That people talk, that people talk about having character, good yes. character. Well, if we're all heroes in our own story, and this is part of why I wanted to talk about this, about how to make sure we're carrying this gold through from level to level to get up to the next place, because there's a real danger that we're not a hero in our own story. We're just a character in it, right? Because, yeah, totally. because all characters are not heroes. Right. And like there's a, there's a cliche about, about storytelling that, you know, writers talk about is, well, everybody is a hero for, to themselves. You know, like I think, yes, it's absolutely important that the villain in your story doesn't necessarily think of himself as a villain. But, or in fact, he shouldn't think of himself as a villain. He thinks about himself doing, he's the one that's doing the good stuff and no one else can understand it. But don't be a bystanding character. Yes. Because if you do that, then you can start behaving in a way that is, that is less than heroic, that, that yep. lacks integrity. Because again, I wanted to talk about Mr. Smith because I feel like, boy, is this missing in, in, in this conversation, the national conversation about politics. Where and, and actually, you do see it like when a Republican like uh, Jeff Flake from Arizona stands up and says, I'm sorry, I can't do this anymore. It's bullshit. <laughs> I'm retiring. Everybody goes, whoa, you know, and, and people say, oh, he's like Mr. Smith or they cynically say, oh, he's trying to be Mr. Smith, you know, or whatever. You know what? Watch the movie. Make up your own mind if he's <laughs> Mr. Smith or not. And. Yeah. Try not to be a bystanding character in the story, because if you are that, then you can be everybody else in that room, in that in that hall where Jimmy Stewart was giving his speech. He was talking to the villain and his um, his girl was up top and she was the one who was helping him do everything. She was the brains behind the whole thing. Oh, really? Yeah. She, she's a, I think she was a reporter or whatever it was. She understands how all this stuff works and he didn't. He's totally naive and stupid. And, and she tells him how to do this and then starts falling in love with him because of his character, right. because of his integrity. Like she, yeah. But anyway, no, he's my, my point his, is, well, my, I'm sorry, my point is all of the people that he was talking to in the room are characters they're not heroes of that story. They're enabling it to go on. And they all know, they all know who's full of shit in this moment and who isn't. And the whole movie was Frank Capra, who again, you know, people always associate with niceness. Frank Capra is brutal. You watch a Frank Capra movie, he's going to make you feel either good about yourself or 
make you feel like, you know what, I better <laughs> take some changes in my life here because I'm not living up to this, this, this brutal picture that Frank Capra is giving me of like, look, this is what it is. It's just yeah. this, right? And the whole movie is, do you have integrity or not? Yeah. And there's one guy who has integrity and they beat the crap out of him throughout the whole movie. Well, that's the, that's the, the, the hero's journey. I mean, yeah. the hero, uh, and, and Jimmy Stewart is clearly the hero. He's, he's living his, his life heroically. And, and that mm -hmm. is that he's willing to endure. He's willing to sacrifice. He's willing to uh, be part of something bigger than himself. That's all what the hero's here to learn. Yeah. And there's all, and, and one of the great things about the hero's journey too is that everything is meaningful. The world is dripping with meaning. I mean, yeah. you talk to the fox and you talk to the tree and you, this one comes and gives you a lesson and this one comes and challenges you and the jokester comes and screws everything up. And, and then you go into the underworld and you are cleansed and you come back and there's, uh, there's this whole thing that, where we could see that happening in our lives, you know, yes. and, and it calls us to step up. If so you can fears. see it. Yeah, if you can uh, see Allow it. yourself to see it. And, and to realize that the, uh, the enemy of that is comfort mm -hmm. and conditioned mind and just going with the flow. And this is true of, if we look at evolution, even scientifically, it, 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 it's the, often the result, the result of conflict and of setback and yeah. of challenge. Uh, that's what actually does make us stronger. So we can sort of see the pattern there too. Yeah. And, 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 and traditional that that's built in to this Amber traditionalist level in yeah. a way that we get unmoored from and, and appropriately. So again, because we want to cleanse ourselves of the baggage of it and, mm -hmm. and find just that capital T truth, not these, you know, all of the, you know, particular particularities of any particular traditional culture. Uh, but when it's felt, and you can see why people don't want, you know, even we, we look at them in America, the traditionalists, and how are they, are they act, I hate to say this because it sort of ruins the moment, but for them, Trump is Jimmy Stewart for a lot of them. He's the one who's going in and busting up the system and speaking truth to the swamp, and, uh, and, and they love him for it. I, you know, I... I understand what you're saying, but again, this was one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about this. I didn't necessarily want to talk about Trump, but I do want to talk about. But we have to. It's federally mandated. I want to talk about the that the national conversation that's going on. It's traditionalists that are getting caught up in that. But I want. I want to say to traditionalists that the thing that makes you great is respected. I respect it. In yeah. fact, it's, that's what they want. It's part of, it's, it's very much a part of me. I want to make sure that it is carried forward. And I feel very much that in the struggle to fight this three-way fight, there's, there's a danger of, Losing the integrity to side with someone who's saying what you want to want to hear. So Trump is not Jimmy Stewart in this story. Trump is, <laughs> Trump is Taylor in the story, who is the off-screen um, oligarch who is causing the ruckus. Um, and by the way, speaking of uh, Joseph Campbell, 
I just, you, I, I just will say that, you know, Trump's base are the traditionalists in, in our culture. Yes, but there's a mistake being made. You know, it's like... No, I agree. I agree. And actually, Trump comes from this previous stage. His center of gravity is more red, uh, where, you know, it's what we call egocentric. Yeah. And, uh, and but, you know, there's a, compl- a lot of complicated reasons why traditionalists are put throwing their lot in with him. But that is the case. Yeah. But, but still, nevertheless, it is, it is each individual American's personal responsibility to find uh, the direction from which the integrity is flowing. And it is not flowing from the president no, I, of the United I, States. I, I think the, some of them may live to regret it. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, it, it's, it's, a, it's just a fascinating emergence what's happening. Uh, it, it's and we've talked, you and I've talked about it in past yeah. shows. I mean, I've talked about it ad nauseum on the Daily Evolver. But, uh, but yeah, let, but let's keep going. Okay. Well, I was just going to say, when you were talking before, when you were mentioning Joseph Campbell, it, just, it occurred to me, because Campbell famously with Star Wars, George Lucas based the writing of the story on one of Joseph Campbell's more famous books, uh, The Hero with a Thousand Faces. Um, and it just occurred to me that that scene that we just watched with Jimmy Stewart and Claude Rains was, in fact, the ending of Return of the Jedi. When Luke Skywalker is fighting Darth Vader with the Emperor standing in the background, telling, trying, to, trying to turn Luke to the dark side, like Vader, his father, and it's strictly Luke's integrity. That's all he's got. He's already lost. He's lost the fight. Jimmy Stewart is unconscious on the ground, buried under an avalanche of lies. All of these things that, that the powers of darkness can throw at him. They pretty much beat him. He's lying on the ground. It's over. But Darth Vader uh, changed his mind at the last second. He said, you know what? Yeah, evil has been working for me for a while. It's got me all this power and all this stuff. But this kid, this integrity thing, this is... I remember that. Fuck you. And he turns around and kills the emperor, kills him. Totally, you know, and because that, by the way, that's what the title of that means. The return of the Jedi was Anakin Skywalker returning at the last moment of his life, mm-hmm. returning to, the, to being a Jedi. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it just occurred to me that that scene was an, an absolute analog to Return of the Jedi. Interesting. Yeah, well, that's, it shows, I mean, one of the things that is so uh, interesting to most integralists is just finding these big patterns. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and, and there they are. And, 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 and I know that Star Wars is a, is, was a very self-conscious uh, artistic expression of mm-hmm. the great monomyth, you know, the great yeah. hero's journey. Uh, and that uh, Lucas was very inspired by Joseph Campbell, as was I. I mean, a lot of integralists get uh, started with Joseph Campbell because mm-hmm. he's showing these you know, great patterns of history, particularly in the interiors, these great stories and what they have in common and the stories that people have been telling since they started telling stories around the campfire. Yeah. Some versions of this. And it's all meant, you know, we're not here to take up time and space. Right. We're actually here on a, on a sacred journey of our immortal soul. Yes. And you know, let's get with it. And of the three here that are online right now, the traditionals are the only ones saying that. Absolutely. And I think that's very important. Yeah. 
And I think they should be heard. And that's the part they, we want to bring forward. And that's the part we want to express. And you can see why people, you know, have this idea of the, you know, the pointy headed liberals and all, you know, all mm-hmm. your education. And uh, if, if, if you live in an enchanted world, and this world is not your home, that you're actually a child of God, the almighty God, the creator right. of the universe. And somebody's trying to talk you out of that so that you can live on a rock hurtling through space uh, as a, you know, a series of accidents of, of evolution. You know, yeah. people don't want that. And, and they're not going to do that easily. And, 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 and until they're ready, until, until they are sort of have that installed. And, you know, whenever that is, this lifetime or the next. And, but uh, until then, we actually want to uh, uh, appreciate what they have and, and bring forward what they have into a more liberated space. Well, that's the, the, the bringing it forward just feels vitally important to me. Because Mm -hmm. I'm seeing it in very few places right now, you know, and I'm seeing like, I mean, Ken Wilber talks about just a quick one. Ken Wilber talks about the move from traditionalism to modernity, the three, four hundred years ago when the scientific revolution, the enlightenment came online. We went from a world where previously God was everywhere Mm -hmm. to a world where God is nowhere. And that's true. That's that and for people, you know, who move to modernity, and that's the modern view. Um, that's a that's a jarring uh, step forward. Well, it has uh, it has a huge a negative step forward, impact on a lot of people. Yeah, and, and, well, and it has great benefits for society. All of that good stuff. It's a it's an important and necessary move forward. But damn, it's not easy. Uh huh. Well, no, it requires tremendous amounts of uh, narcotics. You know, to, <laughs> yeah, exactly. to, to dull exactly. the, the, the information coming yes, at you. And also the sort of existential anxiety if there's no meaning to anything. Yeah, you need you know, that's that. Yeah, think right. Darn yeah. right. Um, right. I mean, so, I mean, th- this is, this is what, what my concern is. Like, I don't know a lot about Jordan Peterson. I do, th- I do know that he takes a, a lot of flack, you know, from, from, uh, I don't know the the zeitgeist or the the outer environment or the internet or whatever. I don't know. Maybe he's maybe I'm missing the parts where he's saying horrible things. I, I don't know. I've only seen him on Joe Rogan, and I think he's great. Like I think it's refreshing because he's yeah. very traditional, very smart. Um, you know, I, I well, he's alienated a lot of postmodernists, particularly yeah uh, because. He's willing to do what, again, Donald Trump does. And it's one of the reasons traditionalists love Trump and Jordan Peterson. He's willing to punch uh, post-modernity in the nose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, uh, so he's, he's just vociferously critical of identity politics and political correctness. And, um, you know, he does not see – this is where I, I sort of question – uh, I don't know if I, but not that it matters. He doesn't have to be integral or evolutionary, but I don't think he is mm-hmm. because he doesn't, he's, he has a hard time seeing the benefits of postmodernity. Uh, is at least as far as I can see, I haven't spent a lot of a, a time with his stuff. Uh, and, and he feels like um, we need to sort of go back 
to these earlier values, which is true, only I would characterize it as going forward. Uh, and uh, so anyway, what, why he gets a lot of traditionalists going is because he's willing to get in there and fight that war. And he's a fighter. He's a warrior. Yeah. And, and as is Trump. I've heard him say things that I, I feel, um, my main criticism of where he's coming from is I think he just puts a little bit too much weight on, on, on this supposedly massive issue of social justice warriors and stuff like that. It's like, you know, I think if you watch the internet a lot and you, and you're sort of in that, if you fall into that, uh, uh, I don't know the category that that being appealed to by that whole thing the the Sam Harris angle the there's a bunch of them and he's friends with a lot of them and apparently he goes on their shows all the time in that world you begin to see the world in a very focused way and you see massive problems where I don't know that there's really massive problems I would say there's a problem and I think, I mean, one reason why postmodern people don't like Jordan Peterson is when he's punching them in the nose, he's punching them in a place that he makes a lot of sense. I just don't think that the problems are as vast as he, as he seems to I think. think I, I tend to, I think I agree with you there. I, I think what, uh, one of the things that could help us understand him is that he comes out of academia and yeah. academia is where the worst uh, postmodern oppression, yeah. that's where, where they're, you know, it becomes mono, a monoculture that's post modern and and you know there's a political correctness there's a thought police there's a yeah. you know but let's remember that there's a political correctness with every stage of development mm-hmm. I mean, traditionalism you want to start talking against allah or muhammad mm-hmm. you know, I mean, there's, there's actually uh, you know uh, there's things you can't say yeah uh, that's true of all uh, of these early stages or all these first six stages yes and, and but yeah but he's he feels a little bit like some of my friends who are in academia, a little traumatized by it, honestly. I, mean, I can see that. To be a yeah. white, straight guy, uh, you know, that's, it's, the, the oppression, the, the, the tables have been turned. Yeah. And, and, and there's a lot you can say about that. And I actually think that the postmodernists are, are, are charting new territory and that the, what they have to say is important. And they have a piece of the truth, too. But those, they're, they're just uh, oil and water. They just hate each other. I feel like the, the conversation is important. And I think that w- one reason why Peterson is loved by some and despised by others is he has legitimately joined the conversation. Yeah. Because I think that the postmodern people, of which I, I am one, have been uh, steamrolling the conversation for quite some time, as you've pointed out before. Yeah we've won most of these battles, you know, like it's the world is basically aligning with what the postmodern thought is about equality and, and relativism, civil rights, all that kind of stuff, sensitivity. The battle is won. And it's also gotten to a point where there's sort of a bit of a feeding frenzy. Like uh, there's a lot of, uh, kicking people when they're down coming from the postmodern point of view. There's also a lot of um, in the kinds of things that Peterson and his, his group 
complain about, which is a legit complaint, is there's a lot of people who are no longer even critically uh, self-examining the issues of postmodernism and just moving right. forward with a, we're right because we're new, you know, and, and screw you. Well, there's a lot of things about postmodernism that are not right. And what Jordan Peterson is doing more so than anybody else I've really seen is joining the conversation with some power. He's yeah. smart. He's not, he doesn't join the conversation and go, well, you're just stupid. You know, like he's not saying that he's giving right. you a really, uh, he's always giving you something to think about each time. And, and I think giving you something to think about that we should all be thinking along these lines, like th what th those values of self-reliance and, and self-responsibility absolutely need to be part of this integral sphere or level when we get there as a group. If, 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 if the human race is, is a short amount of time away from opening their eyes to being at this integral level where we can see all this stuff and it's all okay, that's going to be one of the main ways we get there. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and one, of the, the, one of the fruits of integral thinking is when you, you know, deliberately practice being friendly to all of these previous stages and see the piece of the truth that they bring, yeah. uh, is that you sort of are able to contain them. And you, you can draw from all of them. Yeah. And it's a, it's a radical new uh, stage of evolution because it's, 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 the, it's the first one that... Uh, argues that it's not the only one that matters. <laughs> <You know? laughs> right. The other ones all think that they're the only ones who really have it right. And yeah. there are fanatics, I just point out, that there are fanatics at all of the stages. There's traditional fanatics, uh, religious fanatics, uh, well-known, you know. Even modernists, the, the, the sort of hardcore um, scientistic they call it scientism, where everything is reduced to science. Everything is reduced to the exteriors. There's no interiority at all. You know, there's a sort of a, a Dawkins kind of fanaticism there. And then post-modernity has the, the social justice warriors that can definitely go into the fanatical territory. Right. That's, that's the way we move forward. We're, we humans, we just can't control ourselves. Mm -hmm. You know, we and just it, love, when we, we, we find a new way of thinking, we just love it so much that we want to just, you know, make everybody love it. And we also have a new way of, of communicating with each other, this internet, where we can speak directly to yeah. each other, but we can also be speaking to mil literally millions of people at a time. Not on this show, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're getting there. Um, that platform is very very new we're figuring out how it works we're figuring out what's a good idea what's a bad idea how to be a better person how to be the best person you can be in this environment one of the things that is really easy to lose sight of is this thing that, that of personal responsibility um personal like 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 who are you in this you know like you you approach approach the millions of people that you can speak to on the internet from the point of view of, okay, to, this is the extent to which I've got my shit together. Right. So instead of going, here's all the various different things that you're wrong about you asshole, you know, instead of that, it's 
okay, I think I understand this part. I think I can help like this. I think I can be of service in A, B, and C, but it isn't of service to tell someone that they're stupid. Mm-hmm. It isn't helping anybody to mm-hmm. say, no, it's beautiful. You are backwards or you are ignorant or whatever. I mean, yeah, stop them from hurting other people, sure. But you're not doing that on the comment board. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a little bit like uh, the interior version of cleaning your room. Yeah. I mean, every time you don't go negative or don't add to the sort of poisonous nature of things and go the other direction, uh, it matters more than you think. Yeah. Because it just does. And, and I because, think- because that's why we're here, actually, yes. is to grow and become better and bigger and more uh, able to accommodate the, this amazing world. Yeah. And, and be friendly to all of it in a way that's not stupid and not, you know, you know not, we don't want to be steamrolled. We, we want to be able to fight and, and all of that good stuff. But we don't want to have to hate and put people outside of our circle of moral consideration. And we want that to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Right. So that's a good place to end. The next time you're thinking of yelling at somebody on a comment board, clean your room instead. Yeah, right on. I'm going to try that too, because I yell at people on comment boards. <laughs> well, I just would actually also say that if that's still really interesting to you, uh, and I don't mean you particularly, but just yeah, there's a part of us that actually is just sort of a warrior. We actually want that red part back. And sometimes cutting off another person's head on a comment board <laughs> is just what's called for. And, you know, we don't want to hear that out of you.